for Bible study, or how to study the Bible. I forget what they called it. Studying, interpreting, and applying. Studying, interpreting, and applying the Bible. There you go. How are you, Gail? How you doing? We call it, some of us call it on shorthand, the SIAB. We call it the SIAB study. Um, then you're in the right place. You want to, Fred Smith, Colorado Spring, and start uh, how to study the Bible. Turn out the lost ballot. You can either tell them to get in touch with me. And okay. I'll, we'll work it out. You just, you just told them. Huh? I missed them. I really have um, two two goals for this time that we have here. Um, one goal is to talk about this book. Uh, kind of how it's impacted my life and how I, I use it and how a group of us have used it for a good long period of years now and how effective and helpful and kind of the content a little bit of this particular way of studying the Bible and what John McKay just mentioned, which is in Colorado Springs, there's going to be a SIAB study that's going to start up, I guess, date to be and time to be determined um, by Greg Smith uh, to start a new group to put this into play. And we can talk all we want about this, but this is not a thing you come to the retreat and we sit down for an hour and I'm going to teach you how to study the Bible. That's not going to, that's not going to be effective. This is a lifelong, ongoing, continuous uh, commitment if you want to really get into good hermeneutics and get into an objective way to come at the scriptures to find out what the writers, uh, what the apostles and the prophets and Jesus meant what they said, what they uh, put in the Bible, and how to go about studying that in an objective way to do the things that are being taught up from the front of the the front of the room here in the last day that you've been here. How do you get into this and take ownership of this for yourself? And I only know this way because I was fortunate enough to be introduced to it right after I came to this retreat exactly 30 years ago for the first time. And I've been using it ever since. And so um, those are the objectives of this little group. But let me let me ask so I know kind of what's going on in this group of guys. First of all, how many guys know about this book? Okay, I'm just... Okay, how... Does that mean, have you guys, how many are using this book? So I mean, you, I use the concepts in it, yeah. So, are you actively right now in a study where this, where you're using the book? But you're, but you've been in a study where this has been used. Okay. I'm just trying to get a sense of the group here so we can, uh, you know, see where guys are because I want to reach where you guys are, not just talk to you guys from left field. Okay, so there's a good number of you guys that have not gotten this book or been introduced to this or have been involved in an in-depth Bible study like this, and that's good. And that, I'm glad you're here because that's I'll primarily be talking to you guys more than you guys that already have this. You're gonna already have that information if you've done it. Uh, but it's a good review. It's well, it's a good review, but it's also a good thing for you to know these guys that have done it because whether you're going to join this new thing that's going to happen down in Colorado Springs with Greg Smith starting up or whether you're in a different place maybe you guys can have another group and you guys can lead it and facilitate it because aren't you north I mean um, yeah uh, yeah, north of Denver uh, no, I'm in the Springs, Black Forest. Oh, you're in the Springs, okay. But you guys are, where are you guys? Same area, Down Black Forest. So okay. So maybe you all might be in the same group if you're down in the Springs. And that would be awesome. 
because this is meant to be done as a band of brothers helping each other get into this for not just um, the teaching aspect of that, but the accountability of it and being in a group. And Charles Rowland does a, a, a very inductive study. It's a monthly study on whatever Saturday it is, like 6.30 to, to 8 there, uh, 6 to 8.30. It's like two and a half, three hours. Uh, I think that the expectation is you'll have some 20 hours over the month that you may have put in so it's, a, it's definitely people. They're using that technique, yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit about how we do it and, and, and what the expectation is and what the commitment is. Because this is definitely different than going to like a weekly, what I call a Bible discussion group. This is a, a lifestyle method of getting into the Word of God so you can own the Word of God. And, and it will teach you how to do it. I came to Christ, I'm going to share tonight, so I'm going to give a little testimony, so I don't want to talk about this too much. I came to Christ and knew nothing about the Bible other than what I could remember as a little kid having gone to church and hearing Sunday school stories. So I had no idea about how to study the Bible or get into it or even books of the Bible or anything. So I started from scratch, and I started right away being introduced to this method and it's an incredible tool this book is being uh, this book is used as the introductory Bible study class at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago they're now teaching this is they're teaching their new Bible students how to use this they use this as one of their teaching tools it's unbelievably cool and it's written for us it's written for laymen not theologians seminary students it's written in a very straightforward uh, language layman. Uh, Walt Henriksen, together with Gail Jackson, uh, you know, Walt for years and years and years taught up here. And Gail, who was uh, you know, an IBM executive, then had his own software company, kind of the layman with Walt together, put this book together, and it's been being used now for literally 40 years uh, since they put it together. Um, but let's start with a couple scriptures just to um, remind ourselves of what God's Word tells us about being in God's Word. All right? Um, I'm, and these are going to be very, I know they'll be familiar passages to you, but someone want to read um, 2 Timothy 3, 3 to 15. And while, do I have a volunteer? Volunteer? 2 Timothy 3, which verses? Uh, you got 2 Timothy 3, 13 to 15. I've got that. Okay, and uh, can I have a volunteer for 2 Timothy 2, 14 to 16? I got that. You got that one? And, uh, oh, let's just do uh, Psalm 119, one verse verse 11. Someone got that one? Sure. You got it? Psalm 19. Psalm 119. 119. Verse 11. And again, let's just listen to God speak about His Word and the importance of the Word and coming at the Word uh, from from uh, what He says about it. So let's have that 2 Timothy 3 verse. 2 Timothy 3, 13 through 15. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So in there there's some encouragement and there's some uh, reasons to get into the scriptures. And there's a warning. What's that warning? How's he started off? What's the warning he gives us? It's about evil men and imposters. Guys, look, I'm not going to bash churches. I'm not going to sit here and get all wrapped around the axle over where the church is headed as far as the authority of scripture. But unless you're in a really great, really wonderfully solid Bible-believing church teaching scripture, you might hear a lot of things 
from the pulpit that aren't going to line up with Scripture. And so one of the warnings is, how do you know what you're hearing is truth? If you don't get into the Word of God and start incorporating and understanding it and being able to check it like the guys are telling us here, like the Bereans, right? Acts 17.11. The Bereans were noble than the Thessalonians because they're getting it from Paul. Everything that Paul was saying they checked it against the scriptures to see if what they're hearing from the Apostle Paul is good stuff. Is it lining up? Is this truth based on what the rest of the Bible is saying? Uh, if that's true of what they were getting from Paul and, and he's telling them that's commendable, Luke and Acts 17 is saying that's commendable to go do that. How much more for it is it imperative that we be those guys as we're hearing sermons, as we're listening to talks on them, etc., or even as we're talking to brothers in Bible studies, what they're saying, are they, you know, are they literate and are they giving truth from the scriptures? And would we know the difference? Can you tell the difference? I don't know how you do that if you don't take this admonition to get into the Word for yourself. You know, we, we all know the passage, the, the, the following verses, that says all scriptures God breathed, useful for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we understand that we have those verses that tell us the Bible is the way we're going to learn how to walk this walk with God. You've heard uh, 25 different ways from the front of the room here in the last 12 hours how imperative it is. But the, the question is, what's your plan? To implement it, what did, well, you know, now we're talking application. How are you going to get that into your life? And this is a way to do it. This is the way I've been shown to do it. This is what we're suggesting you get yourself involved in. Okay, how about the Second Timothy two verse? And this is a let me just say this sounds like a commandment to me. Remind them of these things. This is Second Timothy two, uh, fourteen to sixteen. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God, not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handing the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. So, that sounds like a command. That we're to be accurately handling the Word of God. Uh, Like I said, when I started, I had no clue how to study the Scriptures. Until I got into it with a group of guys, we started going through this. And learning how to do it. Um, it's called hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is just the study of God. Neutics being study and herma being God. So when the theologians use the word hermeneutics, they're they're being, how, how do you study God? How do you study God's word? And good hermeneutics, the goal of good hermeneutics is, how do I combat the word of God in a way that I can remove myself so that I can find out what it is the writer meant without my bias being the initial, instead of trying to read the Bible to get my answer to the question of what I want it to say, what does it say so that I can get God's word into me and then align my thinking, as Winston said, to what God's objective truth is. And that's the goal. And then the last goal, and the, the why we do this, is not so that we can be saying, oh boy, I'm in this SIAB Bible study, and I studied the Bible, and I did all these, you know, I did this book and that book, and I did this for 20 years. What Psalm 119.11 tell us? It says, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Guys, the goal here is for us to stop sinning. 
And the goal is so that we can become the men of God God wants us to be. And so we never want to lose sight that we're not trying to uh, be more, look more spiritual, uh, one-up our brother in Christ or compare. No, the goal is we're going to get into the Word of God so that the Word of God can get into us that we might be the men of God God wants us to be. And so that's, I think, the primary uh, reason. Now I'm going to stop and let's interact a little bit. I'm sure you all have your own reasons why you're here and want to be in the Word uh, and what you're looking for. But we got time here to interact on this. Uh, this is a workshop. This is not a preachimony here. What are, you, what are you looking for? Are you looking for this? There's a, otherwise, there's another class you might want to... <laughs> 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 what drew you here in the first place? There's a verse I kind of wanted to read. It kind of goes into why I picked this one. But um, the person with the Spirit makes judgments about... Oh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 2... Verse 15, it says, The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? It, that's a very interesting verse to do a Bible study on. Yeah. When, you, when, when, when Paul is writing that verse, who has the mind of Christ? Who does he say has the mind of Christ? Who? The apostle. It's not we, it's the apostles. That's my, my, when I studied it, that's what I came to conclude. The the apostles are the ones that have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is in our scriptures. They have the mind of Christ because they had the Holy Spirit who imparted it to them. That's not what the verse, that's what I think the verse is saying. So what we want to do is we want to become men who gain insight into the mind of Christ to become the men of Christ that he wants us to be. But we don't have independent revelation that's been given to us like the apostles had, like our Jesus had, like the prophets had in the Old Testament. So we're in the study to gain exactly that through the work of the Holy Spirit, the understanding of the mind of Christ. That's great verse. Any other ones? Any other thoughts about what God says about his word before we talk a little bit about this book and this process and kind of the way we do our study? That's where I want to go after this. So. No? Y'all good? Are you guys familiar with the uh, uh, hand illustration? How many of you have seen the hand illustration? Yeah, it's a navigator concept, yeah. but it's in the material that we do the discipleship. It's yeah, in the yeah, MIM right. discipleship one-on-one material. And the hand illustration basically has a concept. Uh, I think Dawson Troutman probably did it uh, in the navigators, but how do you get the Word of God into you? How do you get the Word of God into your soul? Well, there are obvious ways that we get it, all right? And the first and the easiest way you get it is you hear it, right? That's like the little finger on the hand illustration. You hear it. And how do we hear the Word of God? What are the ways in which you hear the Word of God? You need to listen for it. Well, you... You can hear it in the way Jim was talking about it, in an intimate personal prayer time with God. But in general, where do you get hearing about teaching on the Word of God? Church. You get Preaching. it from. You get it Preaching, from. Yeah. You get it on Preaching Sunday morning at ten o'clock. You get it. Where else do you hear the Word of God? Small group. What's that? Like a small group. You're in a small group. Burning McGee through the Bible. There we go. <laughs> not bad. Pretty darn good. That's not a bad source. Take him up on that. Yeah. You hear on you got great preachers on the radio. You you hear it on the radio. 
okay? And, you, you know, you hear it from other guys in, a, in your Bible discussion group or your Bible study you're going to on a weekly basis, somebody's teaching, you're hearing it. How much do you retain when you hear something? Small percentage. What's the, what's the number you got? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It depends on how good a listener you are. My, my wife will tell me about negative five. Okay. <laughs> We're going to do better than that. Let's say you get, oh, let's give ourselves a, a 20% retention, okay? Maybe a retain 20% of what you hear. So if you just go to church on Sunday and you hear the sermon, there's studies on this kind of stuff that you retain maybe like 20% of what you actually heard. Okay? So, what's the, what's the next level that we get the Word of God into us? Read. Reread it. Now, how much more do you retain if you read something? Just anything. Like 30, 40% maybe. Yeah, you... You, get, you, you, double, you can probably double that comprehension in that amount of memory. If you read it, your eye, as is, is Winston was saying, you know, we, we visualize. So when you read, you visualize. We learn more when we are in a class, with students in a class, when you read it than if you just hear the professor or teacher stand up there and tell you. Okay, so we read it and we get, I don't know, 40% maybe retention, 30%, 40%. Well, what if you study it? How much do you retain? You were a good student? What kind of grades did you get? <laughs> You're not going to talk. <laughs> you were a good student, so you got good grades. I heard that. Oh, I was a good student, too. Let's say my, my boys, they got like C's and B's. So let's get a 75%. If you study, but if you're a good student, you're, you're going to get maybe 85, 90 percent. So studying it ratchets it up to a, a much different level. How much do you retain if you meditate on it versus just study it? You know what meditation on the word is, where you chew on it, you pray over the scripture, and you talk to God about its meaning and. You're, you're meditating and you're chewing it out and you're thinking about it as Winston was talking about thinking about what you think about and, and meditating on the Word of God. As Jim was talking about taking a scripture and going off alone and reading a psalm and then meditating on that psalm. How much more, how much you get out of that more than if you just even study it? And then what, how much you retain if you memorize it? So the hand illustration is this picture of all the ways we take in the Word of God. You know, we, we hear it, we read it, we study it, we meditate on it, we memorize it. And part of what we do in our group is we take a chunk of Scripture, maybe four or five verses out of a chapter, and that's part of what we're going to do in that study for that month. We're going to study a chapter. Right now we're in Hebrews. We're going through the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 12. There's um, a, a chunk of passage uh, in, I think it's just verses 1 through 4 of Hebrews 12. Everyone's going to memorize. We're all studying it. And uh, we've been doing the book of Hebrews since our last retreat last year. I'm in the Cleveland area, and we have a Cleveland retreat just like this. And we start a new SIAB group after each retreat, just like they're going to do after this one. Greg Smith is going to do in the Springs. So you guys can tie in right there. And if you don't want to tie into that one, if you give me your email address, we have guys in our group from Minneapolis, Cincinnati, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, a few other, some guys in Indiana, a couple guys, a uh, guy in Indiana, a guy in uh, Manhattan, and they're in our study with us because we're doing it by Zoom. So half of our guys are there in person and half of the guys are on a Zoom call doing it together. And I'll talk a little bit about what we do. Um, all I'm saying to you is, this is available to you. 
Okay. Um, if you want it to own it, my, I had a real good testimony. My, my, th- my third oldest son, who's walked with the Lord, came to Christ at age five, walk, been walking really steady with the Lord his, his whole walk, and re- said to me just last week when I was talking to him about this uh, teaching on this, he said, you know, Dad, it was when I got in this study, when I got done with college and I came home from college and got in the study with you guys, that I really took ownership in what I really believed. It wasn't until I really started to study the Word. I believed, and he did, and he walked, and he was walking with the Lord pretty sound, pretty solid, but didn't own the Scriptures for himself until he did this in-depth study. So what are we talking about? Any thoughts on the retention part of it? What's that? What was your question? Any so thoughts of section? Just, about just the taking in of the word and the levels at which we take it in. Uh, how much that made a difference in your life to, to be in a study like this? Well, for me, just even what Winston did in, in his, I'm a picture dude, so you know, when, when there's a triangle that has fear and hope and uh, faith on there and the relationships to that, that has a, I, I know that's not on the hand, you, you need a six-finger finger hand, but, but I mean a picture for that, and Winston, we all have different kind of, Angles where it really cements in, but just like you said, you know, when you put that vivid picture of the Red Sea or the or or the cross, or when I do something wrong, when I when I put that picture in front of me, that that makes it come alive. I mean, yeah, there you go. Just all all of, all of charting those, yeah, charts maps in the Bible. You know, when I'm, when I'm reading in, in the Bible, and I can go to the map and I go, okay, this is real places where Paul went and all this stuff, and here's what he did. This is a later step. As you as you go through here, there's some real there's some real basic steps to getting into <coughs> this methodology. This is a systematic method methodology to going into. Uh, uh, and, and by the way, you can use it. You can use it whether you're studying a verse, whether you're studying a chapter, whether you're studying a topic, whether you're studying uh, a, a biographical person like David, you do a study on David, you can do all kinds of different studies and what this book will teach you are the tools of good objective hermeneutics to doing any kind of Bible study, whether you're going to do a chapter or whether you're going to do what's called a synthetic study of a whole whole book or whether you're going to just do one verse the techniques and tools that you'll learn in this little book as you do this over the course of a year and the next thing you know it's five years and then it's ten years and the next thing you know you're understanding how did Winston get to the place where he can stand up there and teach Chris Martin how did he get to the place where he could get up there and teach on that topic of who is Jesus I'm going to guarantee you he learned how to do all of that because he did this. And he's got nothing. I know Chris. He's not that smart. <laughs> I love him. He's a dear brother. But he's got nothing on any of you guys. You all can do what, what he did there. It's just he committed himself to learn how to do this. And that's the other aspect of what will come out of you getting into here and doing this is you will be able to teach You'll be able to turn around and teach and know what you're talking about and know how to do correlated verses to all the top, all the things these guys are talking about up there. Um, how to do correlation. Like, how does this verse fit with these, all the other books in the New Testament that talk about this same kind of, to- the same word or the same topic? And that's part of learning how to do what is good, objective Bible study. So you're not taking verses out of context 
and trying to make them say what you wish they said instead of finding out what the Bible says about faith and how that verse fits with the rest of what the Bible says. That's how these guys learn how to do it. It's, it, it's just like Winston said. This is not rocket science stuff. This is not a... This is not... We're going to have this conversation and now you're going to go home and just do Bible study and remember anything I'm saying to you. It's not going to be like that. That's not... That's not the way this works. That's why you got to get in the group. First of all, I would not leave here without this book. Question? Yeah. Is that the type of tool where I'm going to read a chapter and then go and apply it, or I got to read that whole book before I go to the Bible? That's and a try great. To apply it? That's a really great question. I struggle to get through a whole book. Yeah. No, that's a really great question. This is not a book that you sit down and read that way. It's a tool yeah. that you use for the next... you got to think of it long-term here. This is a long-term investment. This is like... I want to be able to understand what these guys are talking about. Not only that, I'd love to be able to someday be able to get up there and teach like these guys teach. How did they get there? They all got there by this kind of methodology. Maybe not exactly this one, but pretty much the guys you're listening to. I know them all. They're my friends. They, they have all been in stu- this study. That's how they learn to put together their talks that they put together up there. You can do it too. You're a young guy. you got years to work on developing your skills. And it's not a book you're going to pick up and read like that. It's a book that you join into the group in Colorado. You, where are you? You're in Aurora? Well, then you... Make Matt Ramey start a group. Say, Matt, man, this guy said i got to get in an in-depth Bible study. I love the weekly study I'm in. Yeah, he's got a group up there. Uh, well, he's got a Bible study. study. Yeah, 6.15 in the morning, so I've never been. <laughs> not a bad place to start. If you're in bed at 4.30, it's not, not a bad place to start. Look, there, let me say, I want to say this in a way that's effective, helpful to you. Have you been discipled? One-on-one. Not really, no. Okay. Yeah. Then, but there's a there's a progression that kind of makes sense. Sure. If you've never been discipled and gone through the MIM material, you should make Matt Ramey do that with you. Or yeah. get a guy like that in Aurora mm-hmm. and start meeting with them and do one-on-one. But what... What I like to do when I disciple guys one-on-one, which is really the heartbeat of my ministry, is that one-on-one discipleship, is what do you do with them when you get done? When you go through a year or two years of going through that, uh, the basics, I'll call them, and that uh, feeding your ground, what we're talking about, the idea of getting in the Word for understanding some major important concepts like we're talking about this weekend and you do that with a guy for two years or so where do you take him when you get done with that I never want to not get him into this as a conclusion now having said that I got guys that just started discipling that have joined in to do this that's because they want it you, this is this. You guys got to decide what you want. It's a priority issue. So, you know, what do you want? But going to the study that Matt has on a weekly basis is not this. Yeah. Okay. That I call they, they're called Bible studies, but what they really are are Bible discussion groups where you get together and you're going through a book of Timothy, and you're going to do four or five verses. And you do, and you talk about it, and everybody gives an opinion, and nobody has done any preparation. And look up some words. Nobody's done any yeah. preparation, and one guy always wants to read his commentary at the bottom of the page, and you read some guy's commentary. And all that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Like going to church, it's all good. This is it's a package, okay? This is deeper. This is deeper. Um, the commitment's deeper. Um, 
personal your personal involvement in doing this kind of study requires more commitment and time but it's going to be a really important part of building that relationship with Jesus Christ through the word of God that Jim was talking about it's the prayer part but there's also the understanding the word part and this is the understanding of the word part so where do you want to start I mean how much do you want all at once I I try not to overwhelm a guy too like I might I'm going to talk on evangelism here this evening you get a guy and you lead him to Christ he's a brand new Christian he doesn't even own a Bible that's probably not the guy that says you know you know, next week we're going to get into Hebrews 12 and you, there's 10 hours of prep and you memorize four verses and the guy's going to get so overwhelmed he's going to feel defeated before he ever got started I don't know where you all are you all got to figure out where you kind of are in the process uh, if you've never been discipled that's a great place to get started go into the mat go into mat study on a ongoing basis is a great way to get connected okay <clears throat> and as you proceed in this this may you may find yourself wanting to like really well when this word was used by Paul it wasn't actually written in English it was in Greek and there is part of what we do in this study is take the the scriptures back to the Greek and the Hebrew and the techniques to actually do that. And it will add incredible depth to the Word of God when you do that. There are Greek words that have much deeper meanings than, than we have when we translate it into the English. And that was what the Apostle wrote on that page that we now have translated. Or transliterated. And even harder. And that's a very good point. How do you know that the Bible you're reading is even a decent translation? You might say because my pastor, my pastor told me or this is everybody in my church reads it this way. This is what they read. Okay. There are, better, there are some translations that are more accurate to the actual writings of the apostles than others. I hate to tell you, to know the difference, you've you got to dig a little bit. you got to find out what this is about. What version do you like to read? Um, I, I primarily use the New American Standard Bible, and I don't like the new one. I don't like it. I, they, there are changes in it that are, quite frankly, I don't think Almost are correct. Cultural to degree. They're not correct changes. They're, they've changed actually the words that are not the original meaning. And there you have a great example, quite frankly, of how are you going to know? And there are Bibles that are written that are, they're much, they're, they're much more honest about it. They're, they're, they're written to be um, verbally easy to read. And they're, um, they're not literal translations of the Greek and Hebrew. They're based, the NIV, for example, is not a literal translation of the Greek and Hebrew. I started my first ten years reading only from the NIV. And as I started to study and go into the deeper thing, I started to realize that the NASB was a better translation of what the apostles' words were that they actually used, and therefore I converted over. That's okay. I'm not going to be like the woman in the elevator that told me I didn't read the King James and I was going to go to hell. I'm not going to be dogmatic about this. I'm just saying there are, you don't even know the differences until you become a student of the Word and start to do some of the stuff that we're talking about. Great question. But, this is not a read-through book. This is more like uh, an operating manual for your car. Now, maybe you're a, a car nut or you're a software junkie or whatever and you sit down and you read the whole manual 
from page one to the end. But most guys are like, no, I got a problem with, I got a problem with my brakes. Go to the page on brakes. Now there are parts of it, especially the first part of the book, that are general in nature, and then there's a section in the book that gets into the four main tools of Bible study. And those four main tools are um, uh, interpretation, well, observation, interpretation, correlation, and application. Well, what does those words mean? What are those? What does it mean to make observations on the Word of God? Well, there's a chapter that tells you how to read, write, listen. Hebrews chapter 12 and go through verse by verse and make a list of your observations. What? What is? I have a question. What does this mean? My observation is I don't understand verse 3. Or my observation is that's really interesting. I've, I've really got to do more study on the issue of faith. I don't know that I really understand what this verse is saying about faith. Or you go through and you just read it and you just make your observations. That's a, that's a step. Right? And then you move to interpretation. Well, interpretation is a lot. How do you know you're interpreting the Word of God objectively and correctly? This book tells you how to do it. This explains the process of how to go about, I would say, removing ourselves in our own, uh, our own sin, our own worldview, uh, our own desires that we wish the Bible said this, and saying, I want to back off and find out what Paul really meant when he said women wear head coverings. What do you think about that? <laughs> what I think about that is you should study 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and do a Bible study on that in depth and see what you... God does in your time as you go through and study head coverings from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, why he said what he said, how it relates to any other scriptures that are correlated to that, which by the way you won't find many, I don't know if there are any, uh, and what the objective was and what the main underlying principles were as to why he said that women should have head coverings. And then you've got to decide all kinds of other issues, like the scriptural, cultural, etc. You mentioned your son, uh, you know, the changes when he got into the study. And, you know, the way I think about that is, uh, you know, when you're being disciple, when you're in church, you're, and I think it's okay, you're kind of borrowing some conviction from, from those guys. Yeah, you believe it's true, but you don't have anything that you're really tying that into. And I think this process allows you to uh, become, uh, develop your own conviction. You know why you believe it. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of what you're That's exactly, that's what I'm saying the purpose of this is for, is for you to own your own faith and not vicariously live through another man. If you just live through your uh, commentaries at the end, you know, I see we have the Life Application Bible there. It looks like a really thick one. It's, uh, it's in MacArthur. Yeah. Okay, so you've got commentary in there, and that's McCarthy's commentary, or his board, or whatever, and they... That's great. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my faves, okay? But you're still getting an interpretation, a commentary written by other human beings. And it is very likely to be, if it's a reliable group of men led by the Holy Spirit, really, really good stuff. It's still not yours. You're better off, look, guys, you're better off getting started and doing horrible and being not very good at it than relying on some other person. Why? Why do you think that's, why do you think that's more important? 
teaching you to think. You're gonna learn teaching more. you to think. You're gonna you're gonna think for yourself. What else? Learn more in that process, I imagine. You're gonna learn how to do you're gonna have to force yourself to learn the process of doing it. What what else? Well, the ability to articulate You're going to be able to tell others about it in a way because you're not repeating. If you're just repeating what your pastor told you or some, or you come here and you hear Winston say something and then you're going to go home and repeat what Winston said, well, guess what? There's going to be a follow-up question. Then what are you going to do? Yeah, you get stuck real quickly with those things, don't you? You do. You, you know it's true, but you can't you, down the Well, you don't really own. You don't, you don't own the thought because it's not your original work. But I'm going to give you even, the, I think, a more important reason why this is essential if you guys want to be, I think, the men of God. You, if you're here, you want to be the men of God you, that God wants you to be. It's because if you will spend the time to do this, you will build your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He'd much rather... Look, there are guys that are joined to study and they're, they're new and they're just learning and they're just learning this stuff. And they come to the group and they say the most ridiculous heretical statements you can ever imagine. They're way out in left field. You know what we do? Embrace them. Because you know what they did? They spent ten hours with Jesus trying to learn what this verse means. They're wrong. Their interpretation's terrible. In our group, we're around the table. We got no holds barred. There's a lot of love. This group is a loving group of guys. And they're serious. And if a guy comes and he says something that's like way out in left field that makes nobody else in the room can understand because it doesn't make any sense someone's going to say something but they're not going to denigrate this guy at all they're going to commend him because he's building his relationship with Jesus Christ he just has a terrible interpretation and by the way here's a little aside I'm not sure my interpretation is right. I know I know what Paul said he meant. Whatever he was saying about head coverings, he meant it, and he knew what he meant. My interpretation of that passage, I have one, but it could be wrong. And you could come and study it, and you could come up with it. I can tell you there's a... I give you at least three different interpretations of the passage right off the top of my head of well-meaning Christians who have different interpretations and they can't all be right. They're not all right. There's only one correct interpretation. That's the one Paul has. And we are using this material to do our very best job to try to get into his head. Because he had the mind of Christ, and we want to gain insight into the mind of Christ. That's the attitude. So there's a ton of humility about the possibility that I might be wrong. Or you might be right, I might be wrong. I might be right, you might be wrong. We both might be wrong, but we both can't be right when we're not when we have opposite interpretations or different interpretations. That's okay. We're just fallible men trying to understand the infallible word of God. So that's good stuff. And we can talk about that and be brothers and hug and kiss and go on our way and not come to an agreement. And that's, that's part of the fun of the get-together part. Um, the other part, in last but not least, is after you do your observations... You do your uh, interpretation. Going and there's tools. There's tools. There's a, there's concordance study. You use a concordance. There's treasure scripture, treasure knowledge. All these are tools that are available. They're all most of them are all online. I'm kind of an old school guy. I'm in transition to being a, more of a use use the software. That I use Blue Letter Bible to do my study a lot. Um, 
it has concordances, it, it, uh, it has uh, treasury of scripture, treasury of knowledge, it has Bind's dictionary. These are all the tools that you'll learn about as you go through this book to help you learn how to do this and give you helps to, to study the Word of God. That is not learned by reading through this book. That is learned by getting in the study and doing it for, I'd say, unless you're a really, really good student, kind of really catch on real quick, it almost takes at least three or four years before you start getting comfortable. E-sword? E-sword? Have you guys heard of that? It's yeah. That's a pretty good application. It is. I know same. some guys use E-sword. Uh, by the way, there's... There's some really good uh, there's some really good apps out there on scripture memory. I don't use them. My my boys all do their memory verses with an app, and it it pulls up their verses and it gives them systematic uh, refreshers, and then they can review the verses they memorize. So they're building a you know Winston didn't. Winston's 85 years old. He's been doing it 50 years. That's 50 years. And so, like you said, don't do any comparing. Don't compare. Start today. Start as soon as you leave this retreat. And if you don't have any verses memorized, then memorize one. If you haven't been discipled, then find a Paul. If you've been discipled and you don't have any Timothys, then get a Timothy. Just give one. That's you know that's that's the way to go on that. And then the last tool that this is going to emphasize for you is application. The purpose you read to us is to stop sinning. So if we don't get the application into our lives, we've created knowledge. We've taken in information, we've created knowledge. We might even have gained some amount of wisdom. But we're not going to be the godly men that God wants us to be until we apply it. So, uh, one step in here, for every, like every chapter when we do a study, we always like to finish with our group as we go around the table, sharing and sharing. Uh, what is kind of finished with each guy gives his application, you know, from that. So we're coming up to the end. Um, let me stop. I didn't. I didn't cover a lot. Please do it. Get yourself in a group and do it. And if you don't have a group, and you're in Washington, you don't have a group of guys. Then join our group and join the Zoom. We'll be starting a new one. I think we're going to do. Uh, I think we're doing First Thessalonians. Is where we're going to do our next one. We're finishing Hebrews. Um, you can join our group. Uh, at the back of your. Um, thing, uh, the, uh, questionnaire. Yes, this thing. There's a place that says Bible study. You can check a box if you want to be in a Bible study. That's more about like being in the weekly study like Matt has in your area. Or guys down in Colorado Springs have the weekly study. If you want to get into an in-depth Bible study, um, put that on there. So I want to get to an SIAB in-depth monthly study. Um, I don't know. Anything else? Lastly, I would get this book if you have any any interest in taking what you heard here in our time. Go get the book. It's worth your investment to have this book and start looking at it and leafing through it and definitely be reading the, the introductory parts and, and those different tool parts. At the back of the book are called Improving Your Interpretation Skills. And so like well, once every three years in our studies that we do where we're, we're 
doing the, the actual tech study that we're doing, we'll go, we'll take six months and go through these tools, these skills. And we'll, we'll just, this is a blank one, but, you know, I actually lost mine. I don't know. There's all the, these rules of interpretation that are just incredible, incredible insights into how do you not make just silly mistakes in how you're thinking about Scripture and make you think about how you think about Scripture. And then there are these uh, questions that are like uh, practice skills that go along with each of the rules that are at the back. And this is, again, you build on these. You don't read through 25 rules about Bible study interpretation and say, oh, I read... No, you take like one a week. Think about what they are. Work on it. And, you know, for five and six months, add them to your... And then over the number of years that you're in a study, you learn all these different... Helps. It's a tool. There's a few of those available up there on the table, right? There are. Donation. Yes. Uh, I don't know what they cost. They're like, um, you can get these online. You can get these on Amazon. Six bucks. Yeah, they're, I think they're eight. I thought they were eight bucks. Yeah, you can get them from MIM Colorado. I know they cost more. Oh, do they? Yeah. And they got to ship it to you. Oh. So if you buy them from these guys, if you get it here, you don't have to pay the shipping. If you buy it from IM, you got to pay the extraordinary shipping charges. You can, if you got three, if you got Amazon already, you can go on there and buy the thing for like eight dollars or something. Yeah. It's like eight bucks. It'd be the best eight bucks you ever spent, <laughs> next to buying a Bible. It, to me, this is um, my number one go-to after the scriptures themselves tool to be in the Word of God. Yes. No, there are. There are examples. There's, there are examples in here uh, of how to do a topical study. There are examples. There's like an analytical study of a chapter, a synthetic study of an entire book, a topical study, a biographical study, and examples on how to do all that. It's a really incredible tool. And, and this was done literally from the guys that have led this retreat, Walt and Gail, for years and years and years were the heart and soul of the main speakers that spoke here at this retreat. They wrote this book for us. And uh, like I said, it's getting, it's getting some general traction at, at seminaries and stuff. It's, it's that good. But you don't, you don't have to be on your way to being a pastor. You don't have to go to seminary to be a man of God to study the Word of God. Uh, it's all for... There's a thing in there that says it is for you and it's your personal responsibility. And you can do it. There's a little chapter that's really insightful about why not only do you have the privilege to be the man that can do this, you have a responsibility, and God is going to ask you, now you're really screwed because you came to the breakout. What are you going to tell him? I didn't know that I could get into an in-depth study, God, sorry. <laughs> you just hold yourself. I mean, I don't know what to say. You're going to, now you got to do it. I mean, that's my pitch. It's been really important for me. and I, my, my boys, too, it's been great. My boys are adults now. They're men. And they're, they're all in the study with me. Now, we meet once a month, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., third Saturday of every month, for, I think it's now been 24 years. We don't make any, we don't change the schedule. Guy's got to go to the Caribbean with his wife for vacation. He's going to miss. Then you're going to miss. Not changing the schedule for you. The third Saturday, it, it, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't spend, I can't spend three hours. And I, I'm not going to. Then this is not for you. Go to church, join a weekly study, 
this is for a guy that wants to be committed to actually study. And it's not because we're trying to be more spiritual. It's because you find out that um, it's really a priority in your life. That's all I got. We're out of time. If anybody wants to talk any more about it, I'm going to go over here and eat lunch.